On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, it's a special Thanksgiving week show for you. We got a big fight between Regis Progray and Chan Cepeda. That's for our WBC 140-pound belt. Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis are actually fighting, we think, sometime in April. They're taking tune-up fights. And we're also going to uh, have a fun little segment planned. Uh, who do you want at your Thanksgiving dinner table, dead or alive, in the boxing world? Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live, a product of John Boy Media. Dan Canobio joined with you always every week with Chris Algieri, former 140-pound champion, undefeated kickboxer, and a hell of a chef. This is your week, man. Thanksgiving. Big show planned, yeah. big week planned. What goes on in the Algieri house on Thanksgiving? Massive amounts of food. We make so much food. It's insane. My brother has four sons. So like he has to feed. We need a lot of protein. We need a lot of protein in my house. So regardless of who's coming over as a guest, we we make two turkeys, a ham. We do a big meaty lasagna. I mean, it's just a ton, a ton of food. And you would think it would last a few days. It doesn't. These The boys are just, they're just, they're ravenous. So Algeria, Algeria's eat. Algeria men like to eat. So we, uh, we, we, we crush our protein. What do you, how, what do you contribute? You know, like obviously you uh, fancy yourself as a chef. Um, do you? Is it your mom that does the cooking? Your dad? Do you take over? I take over. It's it's myself and my brother mostly who <laughs> do the cooking. My sister in law is is a is a is a banging cook too. So she actually makes lasagna like you wouldn't believe. Lasagna She's Haitian so and good. she 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 kills lasagna like you, you. It's it's crazy. Her Italian food is her Italian cooking is so good. Wow. Uh, I do two turkeys. I do double stuffed, uh, twice baked sweet potatoes. And I do a gorgonzola and uh, bacon Brussels sprouts. Those are like my known wow. size that people are like, yo. And my brother will usually, he does the ham. He'll put together some other sides too. And then we have other family members who bring stuff. So so what time do you want me over? Uh, we usually eat early, like like two, three-ish. So All come right, on by. But we'll, we'll, we'll be chomping and drinking beers at like <laughs> noon. So. Huntington? Oh uh, yeah, Huntington. Let's and go. In, a, in, in the house that my father built, that everybody saw on twenty four seven. That's that's that's, that's 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 where it goes down. It's something special about coming home for the holidays. You know, it's an awesome time. Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday because it's Same. it's just food, and there's no gifts, there's no pressure. Everyone's in like a jovial mood. We're thankful, and then at Christmas, everything becomes so stressful, especially my house with all the kids and everything. And Thanksgiving is one day. One it's day. one day. I want. I like one day. <laughs> Come over, eat, clean up. To Friday is another. It's it's back to reality. Go shopping, do whatever. Like one yeah. day. Yeah, and this weekend we got some good fights. So like, it's a fun sports weekend. Like whether it's football, you know, Giants mm-hmm. playing the Cowboys, or it's uh, college football on Friday. Uh, then usually there's some type of like in the last couple of years there's been like golf like uh, the match they'll do like the, mm-hmm. that those games this weekend we have some boxing like three really good cards uh Regis Progre versus uh, Jose Cepeda is the biggest one I would say the most significant card of the weekend 140 pound uh, vacant WBC belt that Josh Taylor gave up uh, when he became undisputed uh, that's the biggest fight of the weekend we'll, we will preview that in, in a little bit you got uh, Jermaine Franklin's taking on Dillian White you got uh, Parker versus Ryder. So this is a pretty good weekend of fights. Uh, everyone's going to be home tuned in. So that's nice. Uh, we get into that. But the biggest news in boxing remains Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, a, a framework of a deal. 
a more than a framework. A uh, Showtime announced it. Uh, Steven Espinosa announced it. Both fighters have announced it. April 15th. There's a lot of caveats to this deal. I'm sure you know this already, Chris. I'm sure a lot of fans listening or watching know this as well, but I do want to get your thoughts on it. Um, both fighters say the fight's happening, and it just says 2023. Uh, reports have come out that it's April 15th. Uh, now we know that Tank is taking a fight January 7th against Hector Garcia. Really good fight. Uh, Ryan Garcia has said, I will also be taking a tune-up in, in, in sometime in January. So there's a lot of moving parts going on here. If these fighters can lose, they can get hurt. Uh, who knows what can happen? Boxing can get in the way. Also, worth noting, Tank Davis has a court date in February stemming from a past hit-and-run, uh, which is very serious, and he could potentially be facing jail time. So this is a lot going into this stew into this mix, this potion that we want to see uh, Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia. But ultimately, this is big. The fight is penciled in for April 15th, one of the biggest fights you can make in the sport. This is one of those fights where I've said, I'll believe it when I see them both in the ring. <laughs> and like you just laid out, there's a lot of reasons for it not to happen. Um, and I'm not saying it's not going to. I, mean, I, I think that even getting a potential date and the fact that there is a quote-unquote framework is a good sign and more than I would have expected. So, uh, I mean, fingers across to the boxing gods that it, that it comes off, but there's a lot of impediments to this fight actually going off. Um, so, so we will see. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath, but uh, either way, I mean, if it does happen, awesome fight. Yeah, let's it. just, let's just um, act under the guise that it is going to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. I understand why you, my, myself, any fight fan would be skeptical given the past couple of weeks and how they've dangled fights in front of our face just to yank them away. This feels a little bit different because uh, once Showtime put out a statement, that's when you know it's okay. All right. This feels a little yeah. different than just the fighters putting out posters and announcing a fight uh, for themselves. But this is what we know um, is that Tank will be fighting Hector Garcia on January 7th in D.C. Um, Hector Garcia had an awesome uh, 2022. He beat Chris Colbert. He beat Roger Gutierrez. He won a belt at 130. Uh, he's a hard-hitting Dominican puncher. Uh, he's going to give Tank a lot of issues on fight night. But like you said before we started here, Tank is Tank. What do you think of this yeah. fight? I, I think that is a ballsy type of tune-up. Like When I saw that being rumored, I was like, oh, he's not going to take that fight. He's going to fight, you know, it's just a, a live body and, you know, just get some rounds. But what do you think of Tank versus Hector Garcia? That's a really ballsy tune-up fight. Yeah, initial thought, bad idea. I don't, I don't like the idea. It's, it's, it's too close. If they're talking about, you know, April and this is a fight in January, uh, it's, it's, it's close. You know, three months is not a long time when it, you know, comes to having a fight with someone who's for real and then recovering and then getting back into camp. So, uh, top of my head, business wise, I don't like it. Uh, fighter wise, love it. I think it's a good fight. I think that Tank is best when he's, when he's put into, into fights. He steps up. Um, he likes guys that, that, that bring him to him. And, and, you know, this Garcia fight, that's not, I mean, this, this, this fight coming up, it's, it's not, it's not a walkover by any means. He's definitely the bigger guy. You know, he's going to be coming up. Um, he's, he, and he's tank tank is tank. This is what he does. So I would assume it wouldn't be an issue, but I don't know, man, that, 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 that does worry me for a lot of the reasons I said. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, um, a lot of the fight fans are confused. They're like, wait a second. Like, he's why are they fighting in January? Like, why are they just getting right yeah. into it? I'm fine with obviously tune up suck. We all know that they're kind of a waste of time, but I'm all for both of these guys being at their absolute peak 
in April or even if it happens in May or June. Um, if we think it's too close, like I was thinking about that too. Like Tank is a guy that fights two times a year, and he only fought once in in twenty twenty two this year. And now he's fighting in January, and then he's gonna come right back in in, in April. Uh, I you know that that's that's a little strange right there. But if they're all gonna be at their the highest, you know, at their peak, uh, you know, in the ring and physically and on point, that's gonna make for a better fight on, on fight night. But with Tank fighting. Garcia on the seventh, which we both agree is a very good fight. Ryan Garcia says I will be fighting January as well. They're throwing around January twenty first. I want to see what type of opponent he picks now, because are you going to yeah, take it, like it can't, a, it can't be a complete walkover because right? Tank's fighting somebody for real. Yeah, I, I like when they do these when they do the tune ups. I know you said you don't like tune ups. I do because especially if you have both guys fighting, it just gets everybody jazzed no, up I, for I like it. That. I, mean, I do like that. Yeah, and that's something that that we've done throughout. You know, from hit, yeah, throughout history, it's a great right. way to set up fights. Um, I do like when guys are active, and I think even from a fighter standpoint, like you're sharp. So, you know, both these guys have been pretty inactive over the years. So, if they're both gonna get through these fights unscathed, I think by the time they do meet, they'll be that much sharper. Yeah, tune ups with no like plan after suck. Tune ups yeah, yeah. that lead okay. to something. I said this when I, I did like a quick reaction show on a YouTube reaction video. And I was like, if you have a tune up and it leads to, to nothing, then those suck. But if you have give fans something to look forward to give fans like a timeline right now, we know that the tank is fighting January 7th. Right now we know that, that, that Ryan Garcia will be followed like two weeks later. We'll be fighting, get them ringside, have tank be at Ryan yeah. Garcia's fight, have Ryan Garcia be a tanks fight, have them get in the ring, build this thing up. Both these fighters seem to understand the scope of the fight, especially Ryan Garcia. He knows how big this fight is. He went on ESPN first take. They're building the hell out of this fight. And it's going to, they're going to have the press conferences. The press conference is going to be crazy. So why does, let's just go all in now. Let's just make this yeah. fight the biggest fight of the year, which I already think it's going to be <laughs> two guys. That Ryan needs this fight way more than tank. Because because Tank is already world champion, he's beaten top guys. I think Ryan really needs a big name. I I agree. I think Ryan needs it more than Tank, but I also think Tank needs it too because he is hearing how many for for two two years now. Uh, when are you gonna fight someone for real? Like no, you know, Roley. which drives me nuts. What does that mean? You know, like uh, he's been fighting good competition, but not great. You know, like Santa Cruz. I mean, that that was a, an amazing win, and also the way he dispatched him. He right. beat Pedraza, which in hindsight, in the in the rearview mirror, is an awesome win. Pedraza has has gone on for three weight classes since they fought, and has been winning world titles and beating top guys. Yeah, it's the way yeah the way he wins these fights. There's no doubt about that. But <laughs> yeah, his backers. I don't even know if Leonard Ellaby is involved with Tank anymore. There's some rumors that he's no longer with Mayweather Frosts or just with Al and, and PBC or I don't know, but. LRB will talk up tank like, you know, he's he should be in the top 10, but like his resume is a little bit lacking. I, I would say so is Ryan Garcia's. They both need each other. They, they're not. These guys are tailor made for each other in the ring, out of the ring. They're super popular. I got people at, at, at our at John Boy Media <laughs> office texting me, t coming up to me about this fight. <laughs> this is a huge crossover event. And on top of it, Chris, really going to be a good fight in the ring because their styles are going to make for a very good fight. Both fighters go for knockouts. Uh, Ryan Garcia is a come forward fighter. Tank is one of the best counter punchers. I got some numbers for you. Tank throws the least punches per round of any championship caliber fighter today. 34.7. But he has those string of knockouts. Best counter puncher in the game. I would say top three at least. 
And on top of it, throws 34 punches around, but lands 47% of his power shots, which ranks number two, only behind Lomachenko. That is the definition of a fighter walking a tightrope. That's exciting. Yeah, and, and that's why he has the knockouts that he has. I mean, you, you mentioned he is the, uh, you know, throws the least punches in any championship fight. He also probably has the most knockouts of the championship fights that he's been in. Uh, he knocks out everybody, you know. 27-0 and, and with 25 knockouts. Right, and the guys that he's knocked out are legitimate world champions. You know, that that's that's very impressive. And he's, you know, he went up two weight class. Mario Barrios, you know, obviously not a top-tier guy, but, like, he jumped up multiple weight classes to beat him and stop him, you know, like that's, that was impressive. That, you know, he's a young guy. He's a much, much bigger guy. And for him to go out there and do that, he got hit a lot in that fight. But at the end of the day, that's what tank does. I mean, his nickname is tank. Yeah. He can take it. He gets hit and he comes back and he's got the heavy artillery to end the fight. And he does. Yeah. Brian Garcia is, I would describe him as cautiously aggressive. He throws 42 punches around, which is well below the 135 pound, um, average uh cautiously because well, he throws zero jabs <laughs> i know he, throws, right? he leaves with left hooks i'm he so i'm so jabs. i'm so impressed i'm impressed not the word surprised that he's gotten to the level he's at without throwing jabs I, I always say if you don't have a jab you know there there's there's a ceiling to your potential because the jab just opens up so many things and the best fighters in the world always have a good jab and he has a non-existent jab he his hook is so fast that he leads with the hook but he's had fights where he that was not working, you know, and that's that's always going to give him trouble, uh, not having a jab. And a guy like Tank, granted, he's a southpaw and the jab might not be the best the best weapon. I mean, I don't know, man. Keeping keeping Tank at bay with just lead hooks is is a dangerous game. Well, he's going to have to. Don't say he doesn't have a jab to his face because he gets very upset about that. He's direct messaged me about his jab numbers that they were wrong or uh, I have a different type of jab. He should use the jab in this fight. He has a huge height advantage. He has a reach advantage. I've seen it like Brian Garcia's style is he, he's very good at managing the distance and whether yeah. he throws the jab or not, he'll just lead that that hand out there and kind of put out there as a range finder than follow up yep. with the hooks. He's going to have to do that for Tank. He's going to have to be on his game in this fight. Um walking that tightrope himself you know tank walks the tightrope but you know giving away rounds by just not throwing any punches throwing 35 punches around like he'll, he'll just give up rounds early i can't wait to see how it plays out um what's your early leaning in this fight it always was tank and a lot of that comes off the strength of the luke campbell fight southpaw throws an overhand left catches ryan pulling straight back which ryan does a lot um and he gets dropped and literally was asleep until he hit the hit the hit the canvas and then he woke up and he came back in spectacular fashion to knock out Luke Campbell who's a very very solid guy. That was an awesome the difference. Fight. It awesome fight. Difference is Luke Campbell is tall and long, and Tank is not. You know, so you got the southpaw, you got the opportunity there. Uh, but Emmanuel Togue was able to land a similar punch uh, when he fought Ryan Garcia, and he's a much shorter guy, similar to Tank. So the blueprint is there for Tank to be able to hit him with that shot. Tank hits him with the shot Luke Campbell hits him with. Ryan doesn't get up. Dude, imagine the Simple scenes. as that. Imagine the scene. Simple as that. If Tank knocks out Ryan or Ryan knocks out Tank. Like, you're talking about... I mean, I think they are knocking each other. One, somebody's got knocked out that night, I believe. They're they're both legitimate punchers. They're both they're both good counter punchers. They both look for knockouts. I mean, it's, it's almost a near miss when it comes to, you know, a, a, a fight ending early. So, oh, which is why it's also so exciting. We can't wait for this fight. I can't wait. April 15th. I hope it 
I hope I like both day. guys too. I that's really I mean. like. They're both awesome guys. guys. I mean, this is everything. This, I'm so happy. It's like the sport needs it so bad. Uh, it's yeah. just perfect time of it. Just get that news out there. Even if there's not a date, there's an agreement. Give us fans something to look forward to, something to talk about, a meaningful fight. The winner of this fight emerges as maybe, arguably, you know, the next, the second face of boxing or the next face of boxing. Uh, I love everything about it. And it's ironic that these four kings, I put that, if you're just listening, I'm putting that in air quotes. The four kings we've ter- heard about for years. It's ironic that these are the first two to fight each other because for years we heard that neither of these guys are ever going to fight each other. They're the least likely to take on big fights. So shout out to Ryan Garcia. He seems like he really pushed to make this fight. And there's nothing you can say about either guy right now. They're taking big fights. Even, you know, Tank's tune-up fight is is a test. And, you know, mm-hmm. Ryan Garcia is a test uh, all the way around. So uh, looking forward uh, to that one. This weekend, also, we got Dillian White in action. He's taking Jermaine Franklin. Jermaine Franklin is a, I would, I think he's a plus 800 uh, underdog. I would honestly consider, like, throwing Live some dog. money on that fight. Live dog. Yeah. Uh, Dillian White, we've seen him through the years, uh, a little shop worn. Uh, I don't know where you stand on him overall as a fighter. Uh, he was looking to get uh, Joshua again. You know, he might be looking past Jermaine Franklin. Uh, we've seen a lot of Dillian White over the years. He can be stopped. Look what uh, Povetkin uh, did to him. Look what uh, Tyson Fury did to him. I mean, this is a like a tough or a, a trap fight for, for Dillian White if he's especially if he wants like that Joshua. Uh, a rematch because Franklin's pretty damn good. This is an interesting fight to watch this weekend. It's not a trap fight. It's a, it's a crossroads fight. It's 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 Dillian White who, uh, right. um, like you said, long in the tooth. Um, and I'm a big fan of Dillian White in terms of watching him because he's a, he's very exciting. He's a lot of fun. Um, he's got big balls. He's got a big left hook, and he throws it. And and I think he can he can knock out most guys in the division with that punch. Um, but he puts himself on the line. He puts himself out there. You said he can be stopped. He's been stopped by Joshua, by Tyson Fury, by Povetkin. Came back to to, to beat Povetkin. But you know he's one of those guys, and he almost reminds me of like a like a little cleaner Chisora. You know, like they're just they're rough and tumble. They'll fight anybody. They're always in a fight. Sometimes they get starched. Sometimes they they knock guys out, but they're always enter- entertaining fights. Uh, but Dillian White is, is is I think is cleaner, is classier. He's more as a higher level. Not an easy fight, and I think looking past him, looking past Franklin is not a good idea because this this is the end all be all. Yeah. He loses this fight, yeah. he's he's out of any of the big fights. If he wins the fight, he could get one of the big ones again. But does he win the battle? Who knows? Yeah, he took the words right out of my mouth. Like Franklin. He wins this fight. He he's in the driver's seat to Dillian's out. Yeah, Dillian's out and, and he's in the driver's seat to get some of these big names because it looks like Joshua wants to, you know, just get a fight in January or February. And, you know, Dillian White obviously is one of those domestic scraps that you've been talking about for a while and yeah. Hearns and talking Having about. Having an while. O in the heavyweight division is a big deal. Yeah. That, that that is that is dollar signs wrapped all in that O. You yeah, have an O and you and you got 20 fights, like you can literally get a heavyweight championship fight of the world in, you know, heavyweight uh, world championship fight and make big, big money because heavyweight money is completely different than every other weight class. Yeah, especially if you're fighting Joshua. I mean, you're Jermaine yeah. Franklin. I mean, he's getting the biggest payday of his of his life to fight White. He's 21 and 0 with 14 knockouts. Um, looking at his, he beat Jerry Forrest by split decision. Uh, and Jerry Forrest is, is, a, is a hard out. He is yeah. uh, I, people don't really know about him. If you don't know who Jerry Forrest is, if you don't know how he fights. He's a hard out. He's a really big guy. He's always in fights. He's competitive, and he uh, he upsets guys from time to time. 
It's funny you bring up Chisora. I can't believe that Chisora, Deline White. I mean, these guys are all are fighting within two weeks of each other. <laughs> it's just Tyson Fury's fighting freaking Chisora December 3rd. Third, for the third time. For the, <laughs> the third, third time. time when he absolutely <laughs> smoked them uh, in the first two fights. But the good thing about that December 3rd date is you're going to watch Tyson Fury, of course. We're all going to watch. We're going to see watch for the theatrics because it's Tyson Fury. He's an all-time great. But then at night, we got Chocolatito and Estrada 3. And I cannot wait to do that show and do that I'm preview. Uh, but that's for next week. But that, that's this weekend. Uh, Ryder uh, versus Parker. Um, we talked about this last week. This could be potential um, winner faces Canelo type of fight. Uh, there's uh, some implications in, in that fight, especially at, at 168. Uh, you have quick thoughts on this fight? I think, uh, you know, on its head, the, the fight's not a great fight. It's not, you know, a bunch of well-known names. I, I'm a, you know, um, I think that, like you, what you said, the winner really is what, what matters here. Um, but it's an interesting fight. I mean, we're going to see what Zach Parker has. Uh, we don't really know. He's not been in with, with you know, top, top-level competition yet. We haven't really seen him have to super, you know, dig deep. But, um, you know, what, what, uh, what's the thing? I'm sorry, the gorilla, right, is uh, – um, um is what's his name's nickname um rider rider's nickname isn't it the gorilla i have to look that up but he, he doesn't look sure like a gorilla is... he looks like a very nice uh, young man he's a he is a very <laughs> nice young man but, I'm looking but if, at you his look at his, if you look at his if you look at his physique and you know he's got like a big hairy chest whatever they call him. i think his nickname is the gorilla but um he's, oh, yeah he uh, is the gorilla i have it on box rec he's the gorilla the gorilla yeah like i said so yeah so his nickname the gorilla he's um i've called a couple of his fights I call this fight against Mike Guy, which is a very forgettable fight. Mike Guy, um, yeah, Mike Guy. Uh, Mike Guy's fought almost everybody, but um, yeah. And Ryder is is dude. Talk about a tough out. He is scrappy. He is physically strong. Yeah. He's short and stout for the weight class, but he's oddly effective. Very, you know, he's awkward's not the right word, but but scrappy, scrappy is. You know, he gave obviously he beat Daniel Jacobs his last fight. He gave gave him hell throughout um he, yeah, he really very, came on very... in the second half of that fight yes very very scrappy punching on the inside punching really well on the inside a little rough and tumble tactics a little bit of dirty boxing in there but you know he's been in with with, with some really really top yeah your talent in there his record's good his yeah record's he's, he's good. 31 and 5 but don't let that fool you because he's fought some good opposition he, he fought daniel jacobs like Tip you top. said he fought mm-hmm. callum smith and a lot of people thought Cal- he beat callum Lost smith that. yeah the right. scorecards were insane. One seventeen, one eleven. Terry O'Connor is one of the worst judges in boxing. Um, a lot of people had Ryder beating Calum Smith. Um, he made Calum Smith look human because at the time he, he was looking literally unbeatable. And then he fought Ryder. Ryder made him look human. And then he fought Canelo and didn't win. A literally ten second clip of that fight. So yeah. you know and he's moved up to seventy five and looks like a killer again. So potentially it could be the weight. But either way, Ryder is a very very solid fighter and a win here for Zach. Zach Parker is a huge step up and the implications moving forward are, are big time. And when I mean big time, I mean, yeah. Mula, Mula, Canelo. Yeah. Parker, um, definitely the, the least, the less experience of the two, right? It has a way better resume, more experience. Way better. Um, and, and, and the comp, the level of competition is, is you can't even compare it. So those are some pretty decent fights this weekend. If you, you know, there's implications in the Dillian white fight. It's also Dillian White. People either like want tune in to watch him. Well, he's fun. Want to see him he's get fun started. to watch. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing. Ryder Parker has that Canelo carrot being dangled in front of him. They're going to come out like gangbusters. And it, it might be a good fight. I think <laughs> it, it will be. be. Like, 
Don't 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 hold it to me, but it might be a very good fight. It might be a very entertaining fight. It could end up being a fight of the weekend. Who knows? But what I think is the fight of the weekend, at least on paper, significant wise, is Regis Progre and Chan Cepeda. Uh, love and this style fight. wise, I believe. I think yeah. it's a good fight. This is going to be awesome. A uh, hundred and forty pound belt on the line. Uh, that's intriguing because you got a lot of these uh, Tia females in the division now. Uh, Jose Ramirez is floating around, of course. You got uh, Jack uh, Catterall and mm-hmm. Josh Taylor will be fighting uh, February 3rd or 4th. Uh, Taylor has a lot of the belts and, and is still considered the best, the cream of the crop in the in the division. Uh, so you got to throw in two names and Regis Program. Ramirez. Don't forget Ramirez. We, we keep forgetting Ramirez because he's still a very live, very, very talented guy. And I believe he's still campaigning at 140. So he can beat anyone on any given night. And he can also look Correct. pedestrian on, on a, 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 any given night, too. Um, and yeah, but, he's done. He's done both. Right. Yeah. He, he and he's not he was supposed to be in this fight. Uh, It was supposed to be Zepeda versus Ramirez. But uh, Jose Ramirez is getting is getting married. Uh, He has a wedding and he didn't want to take the fight. I mean, he got to respect it, but I can't say I've ever heard that. Women weaken legs. <laughs> we talked about this last. First of all, our uh, damn our Mythbusters episode had a lot of reactions. The Mike Tyson one spawned the whole debate. People were well, we dragging that was me. People were dragging me because they thought that I said that Mike Tyson is not an all-time great when it was literally just a topic. It's just a, a and we were going to debate it. So I had to then put out a video yesterday to say like where we're actually, our conversation is very nuanced and it's very balanced where we pretty much go through the whole thing, but don't do that. Let them, let them, let them speculate. <laughs> let there was, let I don't need anyone saying like, let them freak out. Dan doesn't think Mike Tyson, like, no, like I, I, there's certain things I'm okay with people thinking my opinions are, but like with Tyson, like, yeah, the guy's, I don't Mike's like to call Tyson you up, like, Dan. I thought we were friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he did come on the show, and he is a hero of mine. To, but that was a fun one. Uh, yeah, Jose Ramirez is getting married, so he's out of this fight. Um, well, congratulations, too- Jose. That's, exactly, it's a big one for him. Thing. There you go. Uh, Regis Progre, Cepeda, two names that all boxing fans know. Um, two fighters that have taken the long road back to a, a world title shot. You know, Progre was a title holder. Uh, he lost that to Josh Taylor. <clears throat> Zepeda fought Jose Ramirez uh, three, four years back. I think it was 2019. Uh, came up just short against Jose Ramirez. So these two guys have worked their way back. Uh, they're hungry. 50 combined knockouts in their 62 fights. Um, obviously, we've seen Zepeda with those first-round knockouts. We've seen Zepeda in those, that Barantich fight. Regis Progre is one of the most powerful uh, guys at 140. This is a really good fight. Yeah, it's it's a good fight, and it's one of those fights that it's a throwback fight. It's one of those fights where it's very easy for both of these guys to avoid each other, but they're just below those top tier championship level guys, so they have to fight each other to get there. So I I, I like that. Not to say that they're not at that level, but they they both been there. They both have been up there. Progre has actually been a world champion, but he lost at the highest level when he fought Taylor. Zapata has lost when he stepped up to those highest levels. So now they've kind of been knocked down a rung. They got to fight each other to get to the top. That's what boxing is. You got to beat the man to be the man. You got to to get the chance to get the title shot, and it's it's one of those fights. And then just stylistically, it's an awesome fight. I know Zapata very very well. I, I said that on air before. I've sparred with them probably 50, 60, 70 rounds. I had him as my sparring partner in camp when I fought Pacquiao. Um, wonderful guy. I talk to him all the time. This is a big big opportunity for him. I would love to see him be a world champion. You know, he's never been a world champion, even as good as he is. He's got a ton of fights. Um, you know, and I think in terms of their styles 
and what they can bring to the table. Zapata's a bit of the wild card because his style's awkward, right? He's got that switching stances. He's got power, but sometimes it doesn't seem like he does. He starts his guys out of nowhere. You know, he's he's aggressive, but he's also got a really good distance and, and, and counterpunching. Very, very awkward, weird style, which is why he got used by a lot of fighters, myself and Tim Bradley included, when they were sparring, when they were fighting Pacquiao. He was like the prototype Pacquiao sparring partner that we all hired oh, wow. when when you when you had to fight Pacquiao. He was the guy. Um you bring him to I brought him into camp. I put him up in a hotel hotel for months at a time. He, he saw him three times a day. You know, um, fantastic, fantastic him, him and his team, his brother. Progre is like you said, he's one of the physically strongest guys in the division. Um, just look at his body type. He's short, he's stocky, he's got that southpaw stance, he's got he's got a lot of knockouts, he's sturdy, he's very, yeah. very sturdy. So that's gonna be the big difference between the two because we've seen Zepeda down multiple times with mm-hmm. high level guys and low level guys. So the sturdiness, and I think a lot of that has to do with his style. Um, and the angles and switching sides, whatever. They're kind of opposite in that in, in terms of that. Zapata is busier, Zapata is quicker, but I think uh Progre is probably the punt better puncher. He's definitely the more durable guy. Um and then when it comes to uh, their output and their endurance, it's kind of a mishmash because there are times where Zapata is very, very busy, and there are times where he slows down. And Progre, we've seen him. I mean, he knocks out most of the guys he fights, especially early on. But late in fights, you know, with Taylor, for example, it seemed like he was running out of gas a little bit. So it's interesting to see how this fight will play out if it goes into the second half of the fight. Yeah, Progre is the busier of the two. He throws 62 uh, punches per round. Um, fresher. Um, think of Progre, though. He's, get, he's 33. <clears throat> not, you know, not old not young but he fights but in he a hasn't way, been busy he, he has hasn't his been busy well I'll, yeah i'll get into his 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 last his three fights since the taylor fight he had a first of all he had a, a rough come up where yeah you know he, he didn't get a lot of opportunities despite being very talented didn't get a lot of slots didn't get you know he, he had to legitimately earn his way to that title shot in that in the world boxing uh super series uh to get taylor and you know, that was a really close fight. Like, I, Regis Progre, it could have got his hand raised at the end of that fight. But the point I'm trying to get at is 33 years old, and he fights in a style that you probably would not teach with the hands down, you know, puts his face mm-hmm. in there, kind of, you know, that could come back to bite him a little bit if if your reflexes aren't quite there. I don't know yet if that's the case because we just haven't really seen Progre enough in there. And his last three fights since the Taylor loss, he's 3-0, and three stoppages. Juan Geraldez, Ivan Redcatch, Tyrone McKenna. You know, that's not a, a, a murderer's row. Um, yeah. He made a lot of money in those fights, which um, that's awesome because, like we just said, had a rough come up, uh, didn't get really get into the spotlight until he was in his you know late 20s. And I know Triller threw a shit ton of money at him in that red catch fight. Um, they threw a lot of money at him to fight McKenna uh, over in Dubai or something like that. So, you know, that's good. That's fine. But, you know, that's, there's a catch-22 to, to that. You know, you get a lot of money to fight in Ivan Redcatch, but, you know, it kind of maybe slows your development or it's not, you know, iron sharpens iron. I, I really believe in that. Uh, and then on the other side of things, you got uh, Zepeda, who has been fighting, you know, top-level uh, talent, you know, whether or, or just about, you know, being more busy, five fights in, in that same span. Uh, that that Warwick Barancic could – 
come back to haunt him too because that left a, that could take a lot out of you, man. That was one of the most brutal fights I've ever seen, and Baranchich is definitely not the same. But it seems like Cepeda had came out of that obviously the winner and a little more fresh because uh, when he knocked out was it Josue Vargas? I don't think anyone yeah. saw that coming. Uh, so you know he I has. Did, his... I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay, you saw it coming. I, I but first round. I was not. I'm telling you right now, I wasn't. I was telling people asking me fight weekend. And I know Josue. I actually sparred with him uh, a week and a half. I was his last sparring session before he fought Zapata. He came to my. He came down to my camp in South Florida, and we sparred. Um, and he's super sharp. But I just. I've been in. I've been in the ring with both guys, and I know how good Zapata really is. And he's got that. He's he's very very snappy, especially early on, and he's got a great judge of distance. So, uh, and I know that. Um, Josue, he's young, man. He's he's like he's very he, he gets ahead of himself at times, and that's exactly what happened in the fight. He got ahead of himself. He put his face over his front foot and he got clipped. And he you know, and that, that happens to young fighters. Yeah, that too. Um, you know, but you know, he he he. There was openings there, and it, that was a fight. And taking nothing away from Josue and his talent, it was just the seasoned veteran pulling a veteran move, and and it was the young the young guy just getting ahead of himself. That's yeah. exactly what happened in that fight. So I wasn't I was not that surprised. Have we put any stock into the type of camp that Cepeda has had? Um, there was that TMZ report two weeks ago that he like like <sighs> punched some guy at the gym. I, there was such mm -hmm. a weird story, whatever. Uh, that's not that big of a deal. And then uh, this it week... surprises me though because he's a very cool calm. I mean, he someone must have really bugged him. We're all fire fighters. We're all fiery. I wouldn't be surprised though if he had a smart manager or someone around. Who paid? A, got some Team Z guys to make some story up because hey, that that happens too. Right. This is an independent pay per view. This isn't uh, this is that Marv Nation pay per view. It's it's not backed by any of these big time promoters. And who knows? You got to drum up some type of. It made the headlines, and I retweeted it. I fell for it, and I said, I said Zapata's getting some extra work in, <laughs> punching a guy at the gym. That's literally his job. He's supposed to punch people at the gym. But then this week, on top of it, gets into a car accident. <clears throat> Uh, he's fine. Brother get, has to go to the hospital, who's also his manager, uh, on the way to a, a media event. Uh, so that's like a pretty rough and tumble little, uh, you know, camp. You, you're you a fighter. You know this. You want your camps to be smooth. You want your camps to be quiet. You don't want TMZ headlines. You don't want uh, car accidents. They almost never are smooth or quiet. <laughs> I just assume so. I don't know. Yeah, you you would like them to be. That's the that's the best laid plans, but it almost never happens. I mean, just like you never go into a fight fully healthy. Well, should uh, you be in like, solitude? Isn't that why they go up to Big Bear or or Marvin Hagler said it was just he went up and wanted to just be away from everything and just and sure. Be, you but, at least wanted to go that way, right? Yeah, yeah, shit happens. I mean, people have uh, people have lives, people have families, people have um, you know, people that rely on them, and that doesn't go away when you're in camp. I can go away to Salvador and go in the mountains, but you know, like if 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 I have kids or family and or you know my cousin gets in trouble, like yeah. you know you can cut that out. Some guys are like that. Marvin Hagler put him in the penitentiary. That was yeah. that was his, you know, what he called you know, his training camp. Sure, but. Hey, can everyone do that? Can you just cut off everybody? It depends who you have around you. It depends what kind of team you have. It depends what your how your family's like and they understand what you're doing. Uh, depends how your lady is because that can be a big big issue too. One of the biggest issues that that fighters have is the, the the female counterparts that they have in their lives. So there's a lot of stresses that can come from sources that you would think would not be an issue. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think with this fight too that I like is like both these guys are like fans like these fighters. 
They're two fan yeah. friendly guys. They're two fan favorites. Fighters, fighters like these guys too. Right, fighters right. like these guys. Exactly. Yeah. Pro Gray has so much respect. I've seen it like firsthand. I was at Wilder Fury two, uh, post fight party. You know, Tiafimo and and Pro Gray were chatting it up. Everyone was like, just respects the guy because, like you said, had a had didn't have the prototypical come up. Uh, has a reputation of being a wild man. Like even the Charlo brothers, who are wild in their own regard. I think they all grew up together, uh, in in Houston. Um, the Charlo brothers said that Pro Gray was the craziest, wildest guy that, uh, they've ever met growing up. That's awesome. Like, like <laughs> I mean, nuts. He, like, he shows it when he fights too. Like, cause he's so calm. Like he's one of those guys. He's in the fire and he's calm. He's just like, all right, well, you know, I've I, I've seen this. I've seen worse. I've been I've been there. Let's 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 go. Yeah, he's crazy. Step like, to the, he's he stepped to the line. Step to the line. Let's go. He had, dude. He has had a rough, uh, rough come up. Not just I've said it like four times now, but not just like in terms of being recognized in, in the sport, but like displaced from Hurricane Katrina. Grew up in mm-hmm. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I think that's he went from Louisiana after Katrina to Houston, and that's where he met, linked up with the Charlos. And um, I know from um, when he was promoted by Lou DeBella, who's a good friend of mine. Um, just Lou being just so worried all the time because Progray would be posting stuff in Brazil. His wife's Brazilian, like jumping into like rivers and like fighting animals, jump, like swimming with alligators, ATVs. Like he's a wild. He lives life hard. Regis Progray. Gotta. I mean, this is maybe why he's so respected. And he's a, he's a man's man, a fighter's fighter. Yeah, I mean, uh, we listen. Every every one of us is crazy in one way or another, and however however you 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 let that manifest as <laughs> it was out there, whether you let people know or not. I know plenty of guys who are angels in in the public, and they are complete monsters and savages, you know, in, in their in their daily life or in their gym life. So um, it's it's more common than you would think, but he seems like he's a a cut above a cut above the rest. I'm just happy to see him back in, in a big fight. Uh, I've been calling for him to be in a big fight. I think all boxing fans have. He worked his way up to that Taylor fight. I thought from that moment on, he was going to be a star. I thought maybe he'd go up to 147 and maybe fight uh, Crawford uh, because, mm. you know, Progray was working with top rank and he was maybe like a f- promotional free agent after he left to Bella. And his career went in a different direction. He he made some good money, but those aren't some big names. Those aren't big fights at all. So, he wins this fight, or Cepeda wins this fight. They're in a great spot because they can unify with Taylor. Uh, they can fight Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, Devin Haney has talked about going up to, to 140. Tank going up to 140. Brian Garcia, 140. Not in addition to the names that are already at 140, like Subriel <laughs> Matias, and uh, there's so many I'm forgetting. Uh, Gary Antoine Russell. Like, this is a loaded, loaded division. And it's nice to see two guys that deserve it. It's nice to see two guys battling for a vacant uh, title. Uh, to Southpaws. Let's go through um, your categories here uh, for Progray and Cepeda. Who do you give the power edge to? I give it to Progray. I think that he's uh, physically stronger, and in terms of the one-punch power, I, I, he's got that. Although Zapeta has power, too, and he knocks guys out. Um, he's more of like a shocking puncher, and I think that Progray is just a thudder. He's going to come in. He's going to land hard shots. You know, he's got heavier hands. You know, he's this... But yeah, I I leave I, I I say power goes to Progray. Who has the better chin of the two? Progray again. I think he's the more durable guy. I said that at the top. Um, you know, he's I don't think he's ever been down. I've and, never seen him down. If, I don't think he's ever been down. Very rarely. I don't think I've ever seen him hurt either. Um, Zabeda's been down several times. Like I said, even with top level guys, lower level guys. Uh, the Branchek fight, obviously, they were knocking each other down every thirty seconds. So. 
you know, <laughs> not, the pro- awesome. not that, not that branch can't punch, but um, you know, he, he's been down before and obviously the, the, the chin is, is not like program. All right. Uh, endurance. Who are you giving that edge to? So I got this one a tie, but I could be swayed. You know, I, I think because uh, Zapata has probably been more rounds more times, but I think, you know, progress stops a lot of guys, you know, he's got a, a, a lot of knockouts and, and hasn't had those high level fights that have gone the distance other than the Taylor fight. Um, and I've seen him get tired of fights, but I've also seen Zapata fade in fights as well. But I think Zapata has gotten better as he's moved up in weight from 35 to 40. I think as he's starting to understand his, his body and, and, and um, you know, uh, got a little more confidence in his, in his conditioning. Cause that was an issue that I always spoke to him when we were camped together. He was always worried about his gas tank. He's shown, you know, much better gas tank in the last couple of fights and the last couple of years. Um, so that, that one's kind of up in the air for me. At least with, with Progre, the fight with, with Taylor, he was in the phone booth the entire fight. I mean, that was pretty impressive. Um, that was a grueling fight. Uh, but like yeah, but I people said, don't understand how much moving takes your gas away. Well, that's like, what I moving, meant. It, yeah, you, I meant that. Yeah, that's what I, yeah like, that was oh, okay, incredible. Okay, I, like, yeah. to, to be in that close to throwing punches for 12 rounds in a phone booth, that showed me, like, I was had questions about Progre heading into that, that Taylor fight because we just haven't seen him against uh, top opponents. But after that, I was like, all right, this guy can go 12. He can go 12 with a... Elite but fighter. Taylor decided to stand right in front of him, like you said, and fight in yeah. a phone booth. And a lot of times you got a guy who's moving and you're going after him. That, that can be very tiring. Yeah. Traversing a ring is very tiring. So, and I thought that's, that, that's kind of my point. I think people forget that moving is really tiring. And if you stand in a phone booth, you just bang away. Punching is one thing, moving is another. And I think yeah. with Zapata, you're going to have to have some footwork too. How about hand speed? I would go with Zapata on that one. Um, he's longer, he's quicker. He, tra- he switches sides. Um, I've been, like I said, I've been in the ring with him. He's, he's, he's definitely quick. Finally craft craft. I lean towards Zapata just because his style is awkward. He's got that weird in and out, the switching sides, the angles, um, pro gray. If you go him into a fight, he's absolutely willing to do that. If you would say, Hey, come meet me in the center. He's stepping to the line. And Zapata can can play that game and then switch it at any time. And I'm I'm not sure I've really seen that from from Progre so much. All right, so five. Categories. Although he does have good boxing, yeah. Five categories. Two have gone to Progre. Two have gone to Zapata. One tie. I mean, that's the that's type why of this is the is. fight we were excited. Yeah, exactly. that's why we want to see this fight. Fifty fifty fight. I'm leading Progre um, by a, a decision. I think it's gonna go. I think it'll go the distance. Um, I just think he's a little fresher, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. I just think he's got a little more, a, couple, a few more facets to his game, uh, and maybe a little more explosive. But yeah, I think Progray's going to win. How about you? Yeah, I, my head is with Progray. My heart's with Zapata, though. I know yeah. Zapata, like I said, I want him to be a world champion. I want him to get there. He's a great kid. Uh, but yeah, like all the things that you said in terms of just crunching the numbers, and I know you're a numbers guy, I think Progray should be the, 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 the leading guy in the fight. All right, great fight. Uh, fight. I think it's a <clears throat> fight TV pay per view. Could be wrong. Marv Nation. It's not your traditional, uh, you know, like ESPN pay per view or PVC or one of those. It's an independent pay per view. I'll be working CompuBox uh that night. I'll be busy on Saturday with all the boxing. Um, so that is the big one this weekend. Finally, before we say goodbye and you go on your way for Thanksgiving, <clears throat> this is something I do. I've done in the past. I I put on Twitter. It's always fun. Um, if you could have Thanksgiving dinner with any four boxers or boxing personalities, dead or alive, who would it be? 
I love this question. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to pull mine up. You're what chopping it up. You're cooking for them. You're making your yeah. double cooked potatoes. You're making your turkey. Your uh, maybe your sister in law makes a, a a nice lasagna for burnt sugar, and then you guys are sitting at the table, and you're gonna sit for three four hours. Who do you want at I that got, table? I got two live ones, two dead ones. Okay. So for live ones, Bob Arum. I love being around Bob. I've spent a I've spent a ton of time around Bob, which I'm very very thankful for. Between fighting for for top rank and commentating fights for top yeah. rank, um, I spent a ton of time around Bob. I mean. In terms of stories, Best. when that guy holds court, everyone is just everybody. I've never seen anyone not just shut up just when Bob's talking. Isn't it wild it's, how sharp he is too? So sharp, memory like you wouldn't believe. I mean, the guy is sharp as his attack. Uh, incredible, incredible. So Bob's got to be there. He's gonna probably gonna he's gonna tell the stories when he talks. Everybody's gonna listen. <laughs> so it's it's you know Bob's got to be there. Yeah. Uh, the other live one is Chavez Senior. Oh God! And I would not have said that. Until I called his his last fight when he fought Camacho Jr. and we were in the fighter meetings and he was just telling story after story. He is funny, gregarious. I mean, he is. He hugged everybody in the room. He he patted me on the head. He asked me what my next fight was. Like he's just he wow. loves boxing. He loves boxing so much. I mean, he's a breath of fresh air. Honestly, a guy who's been in this sport that long and is still so passionate. I want that guy over for dinner. That's interesting because uh, like. He doesn't obviously doesn't speak English, and a lot of um, like American fans don't really know his personality at all. So that's interesting. Right. Yeah, my my Spanish is is conversational. I'm not great, but I'm not that bad, and I can I could hang and I could I could talk with him and I can understand the things he'd be saying. Um, so we did have a little bit of a rapport. He knew you know he knew exactly what, like I said. He asked me when I, right away. That's sick. Gave me a hug and patted me. I, I was I was I was over the moon when, when that happened because I've <laughs> Yo, been a Aaron, huge fan for so, so Also, Aaron brings the green and and Chavez brings the white. If you know what I mean. <laughs> if you know everybody at home, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's that's comments. another the, added in added incentive to have both those guys there. It's gonna be a wild night. Um, and now the 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 posthumous Gene Tunney. Okay. And I, I just want to. I've always wanted to talk to that guy. I mean, he's a, he's very buttoned up, former military, world champion. Um, incredible, incredible tactician. Very, very smart. Uh, if a lot of people probably don't know, nutrition was a big deal for him. So I would love to talk to him about his training methods, about nutrition, about his discipline. Because in that sense, him and I have a lot of things in common, and I would love to kind of, kind of chop it up with him. Even though I'm, I'm sure he'd be pretty tight-lipped at dinner. Maybe I can. He'll be the he'll be the listener. He'll be the quiet yeah. one. Definitely be the quiet one of the group. And then Eddie Fudge. Nice. I just think whatever gem that he drops is going to be priceless. And anything he wants to say, he doesn't want to say, whatever. I think I was just being in the presence of that man would probably be a highlight of, of my life and my career and have him around would be awesome. I think my dad worked a few fights with him uh, early on and he uh, had a lot of good things to say about him. That is a, that is a dinner right there. Bob Arum, Chavez Sr., Gene Tunney, Eddie Futch. Yeah. Chris Algieri. Just chopping it up. Love that. Chopping right. it up. Eat, eating my food. I'd love that. <laughs> All right. Here's mine. Um, I'm going Burt Sugar. Uh that was very that was my honorable mention. Right. Bert He's Sugar. bringing the cigars, amazing yep. stories. No one can tell a story like Burt Sugar. Just a historian, and he's bringing that aspect to the table because you know you want to hear stories behind the scenes stuff. Uh in addition, obviously, he knows his boxing, huge boxing historian, just all around friggin' character. Uh Bob Aram is at my table too. Um, 
I think Bob and Bert can play off each other. There'd be a lot of arguments. There'd be a lot of stories <laughs> that they were both together on. There'd be yep. a lot of um, differences. There'd be a lot of agreements. They were just the, the arguments would be great. The arguments would be yeah, just as good as as the stories. And I think that's like the historical aspect of the table. Then for uh, fighter wise, I'm taking a Toro Gotti, uh, mm. Wild Man. Obviously, my favorite fighter of all time, but also one of the craziest partiers in the history of uh, boxing. And who knows what we can get in afterwards? I know it's just the dinner, but Gotti will show up. We'll prison, some... prison is what you get into afterwards with him. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to jail. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of the bail us out, but Gotti can bring some Italian food. He can bring some some uh, some French food. Obviously, because he, he's both, and uh, he's just a great guy. And I would like to hang out with uh, Toro Gotti. Uh, did meet him a few times growing up, but never really got to hang out with him. And then lastly, at the table, you imagine this. I went back and forth on my on my last one. I had Camacho. I uh, thought some other wild guys. But I'm going with Bernard Hopkins. Uh, mm. Bernard has been through a lot. Uh, he's a great talker. I had I interviewed him earlier this year. It was one of my favorite interviews I ever, ever did because I got to the mind of him. I think he's one of the best um, mental games. He... Mm-hmm got inside the head of his opponent like no other. And I said a line to him in the interview. I said, you thrive off of chaos. And he got got taken back. And he's like, who who told you? Who told you that? He was like, how did you know that? My sister says that all the time about me. Like, I just want Hopkins there. I think he's had an awesome career and he's been through so much. Uh, He's seen it all. I think him and Aaron would get into some, some, uh, some, some conversations and some disagreements and sugar. Yeah. So I got Bert Sugar, Bob Aaron, Matara Gotti. Bernard Hopkins. Um, I've had a couple meals with Bernard and talks yeah, a lot. It's, it's a lot. Talks a lot. You're not going to get a whole lot in. Um, also, his diet is very, very specific. He's a very, very <laughs> clean eater, even to this day. Yeah. Um, he has a lot to say about that as well. But yeah, you're right. He likes to make people uncomfortable. That that chaos is like he likes to say things that are going to be jarring. Because I was watching I first very first time I, I I sat down to eat with him. I'm what you know. I, I look what people eat because I'm a I'm a nutritionist by trade, and obviously it's, a, it's something that's very important to me. So I, I'm watching him eat, eating a lot of fruit and not a whole lot else, no carbs, no no meat. Um, and I go, hey Bernard, I'm like I'm like, uh, you know, don't mind me, don't mind me saying I've been watching you watching your food choices. And I said, who taught you how to eat? When when I've been looking up, he goes, the penitentiary. Yeah. Wait, wait, like like waits, and then looks at me. You know, like he like said it and then like looked up to see what my reaction was going to be like very intense. And I was like, I was like, ah, all right. And I'm like waiting for more. So he's still staring at me. And I was just, yeah, that, that's where he's trying to make me uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. We'll talk, tell me more. And then he just goes into discipline. And, and he was noticing that when the guys, they would eat the double cheese and the this and this and that, that they would get fat and their body would get soft and they get weak. Wow. And he's like, I need to be strong in here. So he's like, I learned, I watched how people ate and I saw who was strong and who was not. And this is how I figured out how to eat. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. Who understands his environment and is, is looking and, and trying to, he's, he's basically trying to make himself hard to kill. And I was like, I, I respect the hell out of that. And it takes a lot of discipline to do that. So what about in the interview as well? Like I, I was doing these interviews with like, it was last January. So there wasn't a lot to talk about in the sport. There wasn't a lot of big fights. So I had him on one week. I had De La Hoya on one week. I had mm, Sugary Leonard on one week. And like, I would, it was awesome. I spent, I would spend the whole week like researching their lives, watching every documentary, reading up on them. And Hopkins obviously went to prison uh, where mm-hmm. he learned how to eat apparently. And also how to box. And he was telling me about like the prison boxing circuit. Like a lot of times there wouldn't even be like ropes. It would just be like a mat. 
And like mm-hmm. he, they would drive him into other penitentiaries and, you know, they would drive to his and it was insane. Like, that's why he is who he was. Like when he came out of prison, he was just like light years ahead of the, his opponents, like men, like mentally, because he, yeah. he just went through penitentiary boxing circuit, just living in, in prison. And obviously he became a better person because he didn't go back and he you know, became super successful. Uh, but Man, he was awesome. What about that? What about when he when he fought Trinidad and they were adding the Puerto Rico the lead up to it and he threw the flag? I brought that yeah, up bro, to him. I he remember, said it was a big. He said he regrets it. He said he 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 almost didn't make it out alive, but he said yeah. I had to do that because I had to get inside of his mind. I had to show him that he was soft in his own country. I was like, holy shit! That well, was one of my favorite fights and something that I talk about from a technical standpoint so much because he took the left took away from Trinidad. If you really watch that fight, it's all about the footwork. And he realized that Trinidad had a tell before he threw the left hook. He would, he would step his foot in a power position and he was ready to throw that shot. So when he saw he did that, he actually stepped into the, into the the lion's mouth, stepped into his left hook. He snuffed it, caught it on his wrist and came back with a right hand, which is a very unorthodox thing to do to catch and, and shoot off a left hook and step into it stepped into such a powerful punch and then clipped him on his chin, pushed him over, you know, knocked him over there. And that was, that was it. I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful shot. And he said, he always knew, he's like, he's going to let me know where, when his power is coming by his feet. And I just knew not to be there because his power, his power punch, his left hook was too hard. So we knew that he, he respected it, but he also knew how to beat it. Dude, it was, he was just awesome. He was one of those interviews that I just absolutely loved and a fighter that I love watching. So I went to a lot of his fights. Uh, he fought a lot in AC. So that was an easy trip for us. Uh, yeah, him at a table. We, we have be... we have the same we have the same accountant, and uh, we shared the same lawyer for a number of years. So I've I've been around Bernard quite a few times, and he's, he's been through his fair share of lawsuits too, Hopkins. Yeah, him and him and I both. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a very uh, I've been a very litigious yeah, young fighter. It's it's worked out pretty well for me. Yeah, if you're a boxer, well for him too. You've been uh you've been seen your fair share of, of lawsuits, but yeah, well, a lot of guys are afraid to. They don't want to. They don't want to spend the money, and I think that's that can be. So a, that can they be don't want to sit out either, too, right? Like you know, Andre Ward right. sat out for like two almost two years. Like Mikey Garcia almost sat out two years yep. when he was fighting with with Top Rank, and when Ward was fighting with Goosen, and yeah, a lot of fighters don't want to do that. You sat out too. Sat out for multiple years, based exactly on that. And I actually spoke to both those guys' lawyers, Mikey Garcia, Andre Ward. That guy was. It was it was it was eating me alive to be out of the ring during that time. But I knew that it was important to do that to to respect not only myself and my career, but my ability and to make sure that my bank account was full. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. The horns outside here in New York City indicate that's the end of the show. Uh, that was a fun one. Uh, big fights this weekend all over the board. Hope everyone enjoys it. Hope everyone has a great uh, holiday. We'll be back next week to preview Tyson Fury versus Derek Chisora, but more importantly, uh, Chocolatito versus Estrada 3. We're getting closer and closer to the end of the year. Uh, This was a fun one. As always, folks, keep your hands up. Protect yourself at all times. Stay out of those DMs. We out.